This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. I, by golly, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Command Center Cave. Don't touch that Warthog. Don't touch him. We have freed the beep, and uh, we're here in the Mellon Law Studio in the Warthog Command Center on the day after. And uh, I think most of you would realize what we're talking about. We've titled the show today, Fate Accompli, which is a uh, action accomplished um, in French which I took as a second language in university. I love French. Um, fait accompli. So uh, it was right thrilling to watch all this drama um, last night. If you could put up with it, I, I could not bear to watch the Union, State of the Union, of course. That was poppycock. Every time I hear about the State of the Union, I, I'm reminded of Pelosi being so ugly, tearing up the paperwork behind Trump's head. I think that's the ugliest moment in American political life I can remember seeing. Uh, the disrespect for the office, the president, the moment, the selfish tantrum um, type of behavior from um, Palsy Pelosi, all the nicknames that she has, uh, whatever they might be. She's, uh, um, you know, go away molasses, you've done lost your taste was a saying my grandmother used to say when she was fed up with me not behaving properly, she would say, go away molasses, you've done lost your taste. And, um, and that, that's kind of the way I feel about that crowd. Um, and, and you know, so I didn't bother to watch it last night. It's, it's just a lot, a lot of verbiage. I do have a funny uh, post here later on I'll get to where um, uh, all the gaffes and the stumbling and the bumbling that he went through apparently were quite funny and quite sad. And there's always this question about whether or not, uh, um, you know, he's got all his marbles, if you will, all of his faculties. Um, and you can uh, have an opinion about that. Time will tell, you know, I mean, it's, um, it, uh, you know, it'll, hopefully it's not something that descends on him right quickly. And all of a sudden, then of course you have the same kind of speculation about, uh, um, whether or not Putin has all his faculties. I do think he has all his faculties and I'm going to go through today a little bit more of an expansion on his strategy, which I've been researching quite carefully. Um, but I want to uh, 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 just uh, recap a little bit last night uh, of, of the company, uh, uh, comp the fate accompli refers to the fact that uh, three um, of the school board members uh, um, elected to terminate the contract of Carly Simon. <clears throat> and uh, there were a lot of people who, called, of course, came to the podium. And, 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 you know, my grandmother had another saying, oh, she just likes to talk to hear her head rattle. I think there were quite a number of people who came to the microphone to speak uh, who, who liked to hear their head rattle. Um, there really wasn't much to say that had anything to do with the issue. And um, I thought that the show we put together, which has seen now, been seen now by about 4,000 people. I think analytics gave me that count last time. When you combine all the different platforms uh, we're out broadcasting on right now, about 3,000 on Facebook, I don't know, another uh, 1,000 or two out on the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, the wordscottfiles.com page. Um, so there are a lot of people uh, that heard um, the presentation we made um, that the research team uh, made possible because of supplying me with documents. Uh, I, like most other people who have, have uh, reached me with feedback, knew nothing about the Shell Elementary issue, which turned out to be really the crux of the issue. Uh, 
because it appeared to be to the public uh, that um, the Burtons, who were nice people, had been uh, unfairly treated by the superintendent. And uh, that really was, um, I think, kind of pushed it over the top. Uh, I can't prove it, of course, but I'm sure the timing of it uh, didn't uh, help uh, uh, the superintendent's cause at all because it appeared it was a vendetta and it was not uh, atypical of her behavior. Her behavior has been, from all reports from various uh, places in the community, um, really uh, rather, uh, uh, well, shall we say, um, un unpleasant. Uh, down to the fact that people were afraid of being uh, of reprisal, uh, they were afraid of, um, of um, you know, being fired. Uh, uh, um, they were, they were, um, um, you know, very cautious about what they said, what they did, where they appeared. Um, you know, I can understand it. I mean, you have to have a um, um, a pretty pretty tough uh, uh, skin and a good composure and know yourself well to do what I do, for example. I mean, I, I, I know who I am and what I've done. I've lived long enough to know uh, my resume. And uh, I know that what I'm doing here for the community is uh, hopefully um, one more example of teaching and, and students. And you all go out and, and uh, take what we talk about and use it accordingly. Um, so it appears as if we uh, uh, were uh, basically correct in, in what we've been given to talk about um, because the uh, people on the dais did not flinch. I mean, they, I listened to some of the people who uh, uh, came to the podium to hear their head rattle and, uh, and, and um, it didn't cause any change in opinion from the people on the dais who cast the three votes. And for those of you who think that this is something um, that is a Republican versus Democrat, you have to remember that the two votes, Hyatt and, 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 and Paulson, are died in the wool Democrats. But it's obvious to me that they're not progressive Democrats. They're not woke Democrats. And that is an indication to me that there was an issue with Simon and the woke community the black power community. Um, that is all part of Black Lives Matter. And if you go back, and it's all been taken down now, but the research team has provided me with uh, commentary about this. Um, she took down her Facebook pages, but I was researching how did Carly Simon come to be selected uh, by uh, McGraw and McNeely and certain to be put into the position uh, that as soon as uh, McGraw was in her seat, they terminated Clark and they had um, Simon ready to go. How did Simon uh, make herself available or known to McNeely and uh, certain and McGraw became a question of interest of mine. So I began to, did she seek them out or did they seek her out? How did they know each other? Well, it turns out uh, that it appears uh, that, uh, and this is much from the Facebook posts and the associations that people have told me that Simon had, all of which she since took down in terms of the Facebook world. Um, she was always on the woke side of the Democrat Party. She was always way over on so-called progressive left uh, over there with the, the radicals, if you will. And, and all these radical uh, kinds of uh, efforts to install uh, these ideological uh, things into the curriculum. Um, so they, the McNeely and, and Certain and McGraw knew of her and probably from what I'm being heard, knew of her quite well. And they knew that this was somebody that could raise their flag up the pole if they could just get her into the superintendent's seat. And um, they, they went about doing that and terminated Clark as soon as I'm told anyway, from what I've learned, as soon as McGraw wasn't even uh, in the seat two seconds, they began to implement that strategy, which had been prepared 
for quite some time. It was always interesting to many people. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, you know, I was delivered more stuff from people out in the community on McGraw than I knew what to do with. I mean, they gave me documents on her uh, that were as thick as the New York phone book, if there is such a thing anymore. I mean, I met people asked me to meet them in parking lots. They didn't want to be seen. They didn't want anybody to know. But here would Ward Scott do it? Would he do it? My golly, he'll do it. But I can't do it. I won't do it. Geez, give it to him. He'll do it. And I looked at this stuff and I went through it and I said, ye gods. I said, you know, this is uh, voluminous. I mean, where did they get this and what's up? And I never really got around to getting involved in it because um, it was an election that was going to go its own way. And it was something that I generally found to be um, more than I really was interested in getting into at that time. There were several other issues going on. But then lo and behold, um, it became, uh, I was asked the question yesterday, who, who first discovered <laughs> that McGraw didn't, was not in her district? I think it was one of the candidates who was running who discovered it. Um, and um, of course, then McGraw, once she was discovered to be out of district, blamed it on uh, 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 the supervisor of elections and whom I actually like. I like Kim a great deal. Uh, she was a basketball player for the Gators. I am always have liked her, Kim Barton. But uh, she, she was blamed uh, by McGraw for McGraw's either an, an intentional miscalculation or a, cal a, a deliberate kind of attempt to deceive and pull off uh, the grab for that seat. Uh, nevertheless, the issue here is that the three of them together right quickly did what they complained about was going to be done to Clark last night. And that was the fact that Mildred Russell really hadn't been elected to the seat. She'd been appointed by the governor and therefore she shouldn't be allowed to vote. She was Mildred Russell's more legitimate than was uh, Dion McGraw, who voted out Clark. So it checkmates itself. It's a mood issue. Russell's there. Russell's legitimate. And the governor appointed her and McGraw will lose her battle with the governor. And it'll be that'll be said and done. Now, what is very interesting is uh, uh, how all this this is real uh, come to uh, be an example of what I thought was going to happen. The real political battles are going to be fought at the school board level. The uh, I'll give you evidence of that. Uh, Ken Cornell coming to the microphone last night. I, if I'd had the energy this morning or the interest, I would have had uh, production pull the moment, and we may do this later, pull the moment where Ken Cornell uh, of the Alachua of the County Commission, the chair currently, comes to the uh, uh, microphone, and I don't know, production still may be able to find it. I see him back there looking around. Um, he comes to the microphone, and he says what these egotistical people have. I've heard them say it before. He uses a phrase that has always irritated me and alienates me. And he told the school board, do the right thing. Now, when you hear a politician say, do the right thing, you ought to run the other way because that is the height of arrogance and conceit to come before a body which you're not a member of and interfere or interlope and sit there and tell them that you know more than they do and what they're doing is the wrong thing and you, they need to do the right thing and, and uh, keep uh, 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 Simon. It's, it's there. It's in, it's in the public record. I, I, it's on the tape. I'll probably try to pull it when you get a little more time and play it because it, it, it is a card-carrying example of somebody with no character. Now, I, I'm, I'm not, none whatsoever, because we'll say whatever is expedient for the moment, and that's a blatant, bland endorsement of the progressive left arm of the Democrat Party, because what, uh, 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 you know, the thin-skinned water boy is doing 
Ken Cornell, which I always called him. And I'll tell you the story behind that in a moment. He earned that that that, that nickname. Uh, he is he's taking issue with other members of the Democrat Party. Is he not? He, Ken Cornell, is taking issues with Rob Hyatt and Gunnar Paulson, members. God, I've never met a more strident Democrat than Gunnar Paulson. Uh, so here Ken Cornell has taken issue with two other Democrats whom he views as not doing the right thing. And he's not even a member of their commission or their board, but he thinks he knows better than everybody else. Now, this character is running around telling everybody that single member districts are the wrong thing. So, the, and, and you know, by the way, you know, Ken Cornell's position last night was resoundingly defeated. I mean, he was so far out of touch. There was one other old, retired, pull him out of the archives Democrat who got up there and dramatically portrayed his ego, and that was Mark Goldstein. I actually like Mark, but I thought he was just full of himself last night and was so far out of touch. It was just a moment in a po political theater. Uh, I enjoyed watching him talk about himself and talk about this and talk about how he this and talk about... And then everybody it just fizzled. Nobody anymore knows who he is, nor much cares. He's have to, he would have to carry his presence on the strength of his argument, uh, which was had no strength whatsoever and was proven as such. So those two, those fellows really, but Cornell's the dangerous one. Um, Cornell is going around trying to interject himself into everything at somebody else's business. Now, the reason I nicknamed him the thin-skinned water boy is when he first got on the county commission. Now, this is true. You can go back and pull the tapes and look at them. I had been the chair of the Rural Concerns Committee uh, for quite a while. I don't know how long, maybe five, six years. I don't, I don't remember. And before that, had been on the committee before that and had been uh, honored to be on it and, uh, and then really honored to be made the chair because the Rural Concerns Committee uh, had some very scholarly people on it. Um, people who really understood agriculture and came out of IFAS and uh, were very cautious about reaching their conclusions. Therefore, I respected them. And uh, they had what we call skin in the game. They had farms, they had cattle, they had crops, and they just weren't talking off ideology. Now, they really had buy-in. And I, I was proud to be a member of them. And then I was proud to be their chair year after year after year. Well, when Cornell got on the county commission, he didn't like the things I'd said on the radio about him. And I'd said on the radio little nicknames about him that he was temperamental and that he was touchy and all these things. And uh, I can't remember the exact details. But then when it came time to reappoint me to the Alachua uh, uh, County Rural Concerns Advisory Committee, which I'd been on for years, Cornell was went on this discussion about how I was he had here's the, here's the thing that got me he had talked to people in the rural community this is the thing that really got me not him but his lie he he had talked to people in the rural community and they had told him I was not good for the rural community therefore he was not going to vote for me this even woke up Mike Barley. I have to say this about Mike Byerly. Mike Byerly was Mike Byerly, but by God, Mike Byerly would examine the issue. And if he was on your side, he was damn sure on your side. And Mike Byerly, sitting next to Ken Cornell, stepped up and said, he doesn't bother me. And I think he's good for the rural society. And I'm going to vote for him. And that was the thin-skinned water boy, or I used to call him also Minnie Mike, that was his hero. Minnie Mike wanted to be as successful as being a commissioner as Barley, and by that mean, you couldn't unelect Barley. Barley could have been the commissioner for another 20 years. Um, he just got tired of it, I guess. But, but uh, you know, that was really an interesting moment. If I had a, a real staff of... Um, a lot of money, like, uh, the, you know, the 
the, the big dogs like uh, uh, Limbaugh and all those guys have, I'd have the staff go back and pull that, pull that dad gun part of the tape and play it. I may have to get out of my easy chair and do it myself, rummage through all of it. But uh, I can tell you this right now. If I had not been on the Rural Concerns Advisory Committee uh, 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 and not been the chair of it, I'm going to tell you this right now. There would be no fairgrounds in Newberry, period. Okay, I could have killed that. Or I could have supported it. And I supported it. Okay, So I'll just say that publicly. I'll just say that publicly and somebody can challenge me on it. But I can point to the day and you can pull the minutes and you can see when my committee showed up in total and voted unanimously to support Lee Pegasin moving to Newberry. And I can tell you that uh, the mayor of Newberry was there at the time. He knows it. Lee knows it. And guess who tried to make it impossible to happen? Ken Cornell, who knows the right thing. When you get ready to listen to this guy talk about single member districts, you need to keep what I'm saying in mind, because that guy doesn't know the right thing if it jumped up and bit him on the nose. OK. So. That's some of my takeaways from the meeting, some of the dynamics of the individual people and what they did and what they said and how they said it and what they were posturing to, and what they were trying to really, really uh, uh, accomplish out of this. I, 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 it just amazes me. So uh, the, meanwhile, the city of Newberry, under the leadership of, of, uh, of, of, of Tim Martin, basically, but Marlowe is the mayor, and um, uh, uh, has made a, a, a unanimous vote to support single member districts being on the ballot. And that's all we're talking about. Now, I can assure you it's going to get on the ballot. When it gets on the ballot, you're going to see Ken Carnell go around and stick his nose in every meeting and say, do the right thing. And he is going to be so, I'm going to try to follow him if I can. And I'm going to try to say to them, hey, listen, you see this guy right here? He told the Alachua County School Board the same thing. And you see what happens, right? He told the Alachua County Commission to not rehire me. You see what happened, don't you? I'm going to be right in that guy's rear end there on the backside of him saying, hey, what's going on here, dude? This is the real you. So, uh, the, you know, that, that, that has to be done. You can't let these guys get away with stuff that is disingenuous, that is dishonest, that is really basically uh, kind of wacky. Um, it doesn't take that much to be studious and to be objective and, uh, and to, to, to seek the logical conclusion and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that's the situation. So that was another one of my takeaways that you need to realize. I was so glad that he came to the microphone and said what he said because it revealed who he really is. And uh, the, the other thing that is so connected to all of this that I want to talk about a minute on a local level is uh, uh, here is a group of people who want to do away with background checks for businesses. Now, if you take a look at that group of people who want to do away with background checks, um, you don't have anybody who has a business making the decision that I can see. I mean, uh, the, the boy, the boy named Lauren, he doesn't have a business. Uh, you know, the poodle, I don't know what the poodle does. But, but you know, the other kid, Aurelio, he can't remember where he slept. Uh, Sanko, the Cuban communist, she doesn't have a business. Uh, I mean, what are you talking about? They don't know what they're talking about. They just think they're doing the right thing, right? And they're all on the progressive left side of the Democrat Party. And there's nobody on that commission to pull them back in like there is on the Alachua County School Board uh, to pull those people back to the center, which is what happened last night. The school board came back to the center uh, where it should be. 
So if it's reasonable. So so here we have a thing about background checks. You know, let me just give you one story about a background check. I know a business that really kind of listened to these kind of uh, false argument, if you will, and didn't do a thorough background check and ended up hiring a person who turned out to be really a bad employee. Okay. And that bad employee began to cost the business in all kinds of ways um, in terms of harmony with the other employees, in terms of instability, perhaps with the decorum and uh, the, the atmosphere of the, of the business. Um, and it became a situation where um, that person had to be eliminated from uh, this, the, the group that had been hired. He, and so he had to be, shall we say, fired, say what it is, terminated. You're no longer here uh, working for this business. Well, that person went out on Facebook and began to, of course, slam the business and slam all the people and make comments that really unsettled people, unsettled other people that work for the business and unsettled the owners of the business because they thought this was a little bit scary. And then, of course, to go do the background check and look at it, you see that this individual had a pretty heavy duty record, okay? Which if this thing goes through uh, that, the way it's been talked about, as I understand it, with the city of Gainesville, you wouldn't be able to look at it. And if you did look at it, you could only look at it after you promised to hire this individual. And after you promised to hire this individual, oh, how are you going to get rid of the individual if that person comes to the business and becomes a problem? Uh, why can't you eliminate that probability before you hire them? So you have to take a look at this group of people who are sitting there talking about something they don't have any stake in themselves. They don't have businesses themselves. Uh, they mostly on the government uh, teat, as we say, and it's not the high teat either. Uh, it is uh, the full blown uh, nourishment uh, of the, of the hog, and and um, they're over there making pontifications about. And this is all ideologically driven, and it's racial because they are complaining that the majority of people on mugshots are black. Well, yes, 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 that's true. You can go look at it. We post the mugshots. A lot of Chronicle posts the mugshots. And I got to tell you how many people look at those mugshots. 45,000 a month look at those mugshots. Okay. Now, let me tell you something else. I was in a bank the other day. I had my Ward Scott Files shirt on and the teller whom I did not know, young lady, looked at me and said, we at the bank check your mugshots all the time because we've got people coming to this bank and we want to be able to recognize. Them. OK, have they thought about that? Have they thought about that? No, they don't think about any of this. They've got some ideological notion in their head that, you know, the world ought to be flat instead of round. And it's not their fault that it's not flat. It's somebody else's fault. And so it has become a really radical group of the Democrat Party. And you were able to sort them out last night as you watched them come to the podium and to the microphone. And you could see who they were, what they believed, what their thinking was, and how far disconnected it was from the real concerns that the real parents have with the real children, many of whom would not begin to show up at something last night for a fear, a fear of being canceled, or in the case of us, calling up our sponsors and calling me a racist and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, one of the phrases they've picked up on is that I said that those three ladies represented a black power a triumphant there. Well, they do. And, 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 the, and then I went and backed it up yesterday with the survey responses uh, that had been uh, distributed by Burton's attorneys. And I'll be darned if that perception is exactly that. So, 
you know, what do you want to do? Uh, cancel reality and truth? That's the problem. Um, you don't want to do that because then you have people running around thinking they know the right thing when all they've done is uh, arrive at a conclusion that has eliminated any dissent that they don't agree with. So it, it's crazy. Now, I want to conclude before we take a break here on somebody that is going to be the uh, uh, she's not been called an interim, but but she is a uh, uh, now going to be the superintendent. And I want to put her picture up there because I think this is a pretty darn good person. Um, and and uh, let's see if, if um, uh, I've researched her a little bit this morning. Uh, Donna Jones, will you put the picture up there, please? There she is. I think that's a very good person. I'm going to tell you why I think this. Um, she is responsible already for the administration of the curriculum, instructional program. I bet you didn't even know of her. That's how quiet and unassuming she's been on my radar anyway. And she remains that way until proven otherwise or demonstrated to be at something else. She has been uh, uh, a leader. She has a bachelor's degree in English uh, from the University of Florida in English education. Uh, that is, you know, you go studying English and you are, you're a different person. I don't care if you're black, white, green. When I studied English and, and we said to make that my major, I was a, I was a freak, you know. What are you going to I can remember my father said, what are you going to do with English? You know what we can do? I better send you to bricklaying school. You'll never be able to make any money with English. And he was a civil engineer. And I was in engineering school for three years. So, I mean, come on. I worked on big projects and the whole bit. Uh, I was in, you know, drafting and out on the jobs and worked as an electrician apprentice. You know, you, you name it. I did all that. So he freaked out when I said, you know, I think I want to study English. He went went through the roof. He said, what the heck are you doing? Uh, so anyway, this lady studied English and uh, um, she, she uh, uh, has a specialist degree in educational leadership. Now, here's what I like about her. Most of all, she is uh, home. She's one of us. She's from here. She's taught in high schools. Uh, uh, she's been a dean at Oakview Middle School, Fort Clark Middle School. Uh, she was an assistant principal at Kanapa Hall Middle School. Uh, she was the same capacity at Oak View. Uh, she was the principal of J.J. Finley. Um, she was the principal Duval. You know, this is a quiet, as far as I can tell, a quiet, unassuming person who's going about doing her job. Um, this is really, um, you know, where I'm learning. Until I, this is my impression until uh, something comes along and changes it. But this is what I'm seeing. Now, here's what really gets me about her, okay? She has a daughter who is a graduate of the International Baccalaureate Program at Eastside High School. Now, that is saying a lot. And then graduated from Vanderbilt University. Let me tell you something about Vanderbilt University. That is the Ivy League school of the SEC, okay? And it ain't cheap. And it has got a tremendous tradition. And when I see that in the resume, until proven differently, or until I see something to change my opinion, this lady, Donna Jones, who is a minority, huh, has my support. Has my support. So this is, this is the real world. This is the real world. Here's a lady whom is, as far as I know, until somebody tells me differently, and I'm here to hear differently, um, if it's there, does her job, stays in the background, raises her daughter who goes to a fine institution, studies a, a, a subject that, you know, a lot of people feel is no way to make a living with, yours truly being one of them. Mine wouldn't have studied anything else. If there's anything else I would have studied, it would have been classical literature, classical literature. And, and that, that because all the, all, the, all the problems are in the classics. We've done nothing to change human nature. Therefore, anything that's going on now is the case uh, with um, uh, uh, the world as it is. So she's been the director of the K through 12 curriculum. Um, she's, she's done a lot of things. And I haven't heard that 
she's a member of the Met. I'm sure she's probably a Democrat, but I'm I'm just assuming that, and I might be very very wrong. But I don't. I would be very surprised if she's a a member of the radical left. Uh, what some people refer to. This is not my term. This is a term that I'm going to say that comes from my friends in the black community who are on the outside of this group of people. My friends who are in the black community call it the black mafia. Okay, it's stronger than the words I use. They use it. They said to me. Ward, don't be naive. There is a black mafia in Gainesville. Okay, I'll take a break on that. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are on the spot dry cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352 284 3733. Again, Thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octone, octone. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much now. At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. No, Help me! Help! Help! Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Hi, little boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. No, don't. Are we freed to be? Okay, we freed to be. So happy to make you all happy. Uh, yes, I think that is the F-bomb he exclaims when he has to shinny up the pole there. Uh, thank my good friend Robert Wilford for correcting me. It is Mary Helen Wheeler is currently the chair of the Elantra County Commission. A very nice lady. Uh, it's very funny. She used to sit next to me in these forums and she would say, Ward, I always sit next to you because I always learn so much to, from you and you've always been so polite to me. And I said, ma'am, I said, yes. I mean, I really like Mary Helen Weeder. Is she, you know, deep water and all that in terms of political world? Um, uh, so what? You know, who is, you know, but she's a, a, a very nice person. And uh uh, yeah, correct me. Thank you, Robert, for correcting me there um, uh, about the, that she's currently the they rotate the chair. You know, I'm very interested in, of course, I've known Ed Blarsky for a long time. We I used to have a cell number and then he got scared. And that's when, you know, it became obvious that and I used to tell him, Ed, I, I told him point blank, they're going to fire you. Um, they are not going to put up with anybody. I told Blackburn that when he was the city manager, I said they're going to fire you. They're not going to put up with you telling them the truth. Uh, they don't like anybody who can think because they can't. And if you remind them that they can't, uh, then they'll get rid of you because they don't want anybody around them who is going to have them look in the mirror truthfully and honestly and see what is there in the mirror. Um, so really, uh, now that Ed has uh, been fired, he's running for the uh, mayor of the city. And I don't have any idea whether he'll make it or not. He's certainly one who knows where all the skeletons are. And he knows uh, uh, what, what, what the, the real uh, secrets are, the deep, dark secrets of that world. Uh, you're not going to learn it from the Tony Joneses. You're not going to learn it from the Lonnie Scotts. You're not going to uh, learn it from this current interim city uh, manager. Of I'm getting some information on which when it's ready to, to deliver, I'm going to I'm going to 
share that with you. Uh, I'm I'm just working on the story now, taking my time, and I'm going to get it. It's going to be a follow up to the task force, um, the Kramer task force uh, story. And it is going to be pretty interesting from what I'm learning. It's going to be very interesting. So uh, now, of course, Ed is starting to come out and talk. And he said things that I've said as I've had the show, but he's put them together really well. I think in something that is, he's called the real state of the city. I wish somebody would write a real state of the union uh, because, you know, it's a, <laughs> you know that, that thing that Biden said last night is not the real state of the union. I'm going to chip away at that a little bit if I have time today. But the, what is the real state of Gainesville? I think Ed summed it up for us real well. Uh, I'm going to see if Ed wants to be on the show sometime. But I'm going to read through this thing. I think it was, well, I believe it was in a uh, good friend, Jennifer Cabrera, printed it in a logical chronicle. Uh, we really enjoy having Jennifer really with us in terms of uh, she writes and I sort of talk and we share information. And uh, uh, it's a tough job. I mean, uh, um, you know, getting it right and getting it out there and suffering the slings and arrows of, of the criticus. I heard uh, on a rant uh, from somebody who's a progressive left minority in the community with the big mouth, uh, Martin, me, and 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 Cabrera all slammed in one sentence. <laughs> You're slamming some pretty good people. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, Ed points out, and I just thought I'd summarize this. Now this is in past seven years. Get this down, and he does know where the bones are buried. So let's recast it. Let's re- let's recount this. In the past seven years, there have been five city managers, four equity and inclusion officers, two city auditors, two city clerks, and two general managers of the utility. Now, listen, the city auditors, it's so bad that an outside auditing firm can't audit the city auditors because the city auditors haven't kept any records. You realize that, don't you? We've covered that story. I mean, it is so bad financially at the city of Gainesville that an outside entity can't accurately tell you whether the thing is in good shape, bad shape, great shape, salvageable shape. They got no records. You know, the Butleft Bandit proved that. She went, she was only discovered by accident as they were doing an auditing. They realized, my God, she had a credit card, I guess it was. And, and then there have been, there've been the parking lot bandits. I mean, a whole thing. So he points out there's been five city managers, four equity and inclusion officers, two city auditors, two city clerks, two general managers of the utility. So there's no stability. Uh, when there's no stability, I guarantee you that the departments and the employees get all upset. If you think that school board organization's upset and teachers are upset, and you know, it ain't nothing compared to that city, except that the doggone the school board's really bigger and, uh, and more, much more consequential because it affects right down to the classroom what's being done in there who's doing it to whom and for what and why and all that business. And over here in the city world, well, you know, it's a little bit more diffused. Your light bill goes up, you know, your roads get bumpier. I mean, all that jazz, but it's not like they're messing with your kids. Uh, that's why I've concluded that the school board is going to be the real place where the battles are. But anyway, as Ed says, the city has been hemorrhaging leadership. I have to agree with him. I don't see any leadership in the community. There are a couple of people I really feel are leaders. I think Tim Martin's a leader. Um, and has been really showing up and carrying the ball and consistent and polite and courteous and knowledgeable, um, a real gentleman, um, very difficult to uh, unnerve him. Uh, he's prepared. Um, that's one of the guys in Spring County is one of the things he's interested in. He subs for me on the show, and I'm flattered that he does and is willing to. Um, I think he's a wonderful contrast to me. Um, uh, and I have total confidence in him. Um, I think there are some leaders, darn few. I don't, I said it before, I don't think there's any leadership in Alachua. I don't think there's any leadership in the city of Alachua. I don't think there's any leadership in the county uh, uh, commission. Uh, I think there was leadership last night in uh, the school board because of the pressure the people put on, not Cornell, but the, 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 the parents put on the school board to do quote unquote the right thing. And the right thing was 180 degrees opposite of what Cornell thought it was. You remember that. You remember that error in judgment. Remember, error in judgment is what 
tragedy is all about. And generally, uh, it is not that somebody doesn't make a decision. It's that somebody makes the wrong decision or bases the decision on the wrong calculations. And <clears throat> that is the basis of, 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 of Aristotle's principles of literary criticism about what true tragedy is. Um, King Lear realizes much too late that he made an error in judgment. And, and it, it, it troubles him so much he goes mad. And he has no one to blame but himself. King Lear was so, so heavy to stage that people couldn't, in the audience, really couldn't feel comfortable with the production of King Lear that Shakespeare created. They, they just, it was just too sad. It was just too awful. It was just too scary to think that people could be that wrong. And so King Lear has been very difficult for people to sit through. Um, the, the, the city hemorrhaging this leadership uh, has made the employees, according to Ed, downright scared. You saw it last night at the school board. And, um, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, you don't have any, any hope. Where are you going to get it? Well, maybe you can change out this city commission some. Ed Booth is running. I think he's a good guy. Uh, I want to have these people all come on and talk to you uh, on the show as time for, uh, gets close. Um, I, I, I just hope that um, um, you, you, um, you understand that, possibly, of course, it's complicated and that you have seven and that you have a combination of that large and, 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 and districts and you have this mayor. So um, what's happened, as we know, is that, uh, and Ed knows it as well as anybody knows it, uh, that utilities have been a cash cow and just, you know, something to cover the mistakes by the commissions. Um, it's a totally, and this is his word, dysfunctional uh, 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 organization. And it, it, it doesn't have any stability in its charter leadership. Um, you know, and crime, which they act like, oh, well, and I'm on the Crime Stoppers board. We'll be meeting today at noon to talk about crime. Um, uh, you know, it's gone up and up and up, and it's going to continue to go up. And it's going to continue to go up because of the failure of the home. Uh, the home is where everything is taught, and the home at the first four years. Uh, if you have uh, two parents that are uh, 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 consistently there who love each other and their children see it, who take time with their children, teach them the children the language so that the children understand uh, how the language system works. Uh, you have uh, you have a recipe for success in the education system. But when you don't have two parents, when you don't have a home, when the children, the big overwhelming thing I'm I'm told by the classroom teachers in elementary schools about the minority kids is they don't have any understanding of language. Nobody has read to them. Nobody has taught them the language in their formative critical years. And so they arrive in pre-K and first grade, elementary, all that already behind. And they'll never catch it up. <clears throat> it's a uh, you know, once you're behind, you, you, you know, it's very, it's like a track race. Uh, every once in a while, maybe you've got a really talented person who can catch up and overcome it. And, 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 and that person, uh, it, it do, they do exist, but the statistical odds are way against them being able to make up that lost ground. Um, so um, all meanwhile, and I think Ed says this very well, you have these leaders waxing, as he says, poetic um, about the values of equity and inclusion. Uh, you know, my good friend Ray Stern gets a kick out of the way I say that word, so I say it for him. Uh, but it is kind of a goofy word. I mean, I have never met a teacher who doesn't care about every student. OK, I have I, I don't know. them. I mean, if they're there, I didn't know of them. They stayed away from me. Uh, and, you, you know, teachers want to students to learn. OK, everybody is included. Where does this term come from? And everything is not equal, by the way. You have an equal opportunity to learn. That's true. 
But hey, you got to earn it. You got to come to class. You got to do the work. You know, I, I keep referring every once in a while to people who tell me or ask me, what was the pieces of advice you were given that stuck with you? Well, I can tell you one that my father gave me that I always, always abided by. After I held a record number of nights nice detention in my high school, I was 15 years old when I was a senior. I still managed to letter in uh, baseball. And, but you know, I was competing at 15 with guys 18, okay? And I still managed to hold my own with them. And I had managed to hold my own in class, but I was tremendously bored. I was always in fights because I was the youngest one and I had to fight. I mean, when you're the youngest one and when the kids, the males in your class are at least two years older than you, they'll turn on you and try to, you know, you're, you're something they think is right. So you fight, you learn to fight. So I was in a lot of fights, okay? I learned to fight right away, real quick. And I would snap right away. Well, you know, I was in trouble. I got thrown out of the senior civics class for fighting in class. I mean, me and another guy just stood up and started swinging. And, and you, know, I, you know, clocked him. And so they threw me out of the civics class thinking I'd fail it. But they let me come back and take the final. I came back and aced the final and passed it with a minimum number of, 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 great, of, of points. And when I got ready to graduate, Mr. Runkle, the principal, called me in. And I said, Mr. Runkle, be gods, you know. I've only got 15 and three quarters credit and I need 16. And I'll never forget what Mr. Runkle said. I like the guy. He said, Ward, in your case, we're going to give you the other credits to get you out of here. So my dad decided we better send you to military school for a while, son. And I said, OK, I didn't ever argue with, the, with my dad. And so <laughs> uh, and he said, I want to give you one piece of advice. Boy, and he was giving me advice. I stood at ramrod attention. He'd been lieutenant colonel. Heavily decorated, as you know, in combat theaters of Yojima, Guam, Okinawa, Leyte, you know, the whole bit. Okay. And I, yes, sir, no, sir, him all the time. And he said, Son, I only have one piece of advice for you when you go to military school. Anything they ask you, the only answer you give is no excuse, sir. And you will never, ever be in trouble. Well, by golly, I took that and wore it like a badge. And if I ever went, I, when I got to that military school, I loved it. I loved it. I thought, wow, where's this been all my life? Where is this camaraderie? Where has this esprit de corps been all my life? Where has this combat readiness been all my life? Where's this academic preparation? Where is this um, practicing on the gun range? Where is this crack drill team that I'm now a member of? Where has this been all my life? You know, man. No excuse, sir. Yes, sir. I remember one day Colonel Wade was walking across the, 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 the uh, yard there. And I was way across the yard. I highly respected Colonel Wade. He'd been an artillery commander in World War II and was deaf. He had two, uh, two, 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 uh, two hearing aids. But he was my uh, analytical geometry instructor. Boy, I respected him. And I saw him way across the campus. And I didn't know whether to salute him or not because... He was so far away. And boy, you always salute when you see the officer. Well, I thought, well, maybe Colonel Wade doesn't see me. So I kept walking. All of a sudden I heard, Cadet Scott. Boy, I knew right away that was Colonel Wade. I went over there, came in front of him, saluted him. He said, Cadet Scott, you failed to salute me. What do you think I said, my friends? No excuse, sir. Bam, went my way, that was it. I have tremendous respect for him. And he needed to do that to me. He needed to call me all the way across the yard. And it was a pretty good hump to come over there. And the yard didn't have a lot of people on it. It was, I think it was late in the afternoon. And, and uh, you know, we had woefully little free time. But boy, I tell you what, I, I, I really admired him. Uh, Colonel Sledge was a... a, a, a uh, another one, a physics instructor. Um, these guys were magnificent men. So we don't have that kind of order and respect in the culture. And we don't have it evidently in these organizations where the decorum and 
you know, the way in which the rules operate for the dais and the way in which uh, organizations have meetings and all that business. I don't know where it's going, but it's not around right now. So I think what what Ed is talking about may be, uh, you know, something that resonates with the people. Um, maybe it won't resonate with the people. I, I don't I don't know. Um, we'll see. He's going to run for office. I've got a few things I want to talk about with them. Um, with the Ukraine, I've, I've really studied it. I'm studying it more. You know that uh, uh, Ramsey was on the show. We've had a tremendous number of people see the show. We had about 4,000 people. I think it was the last count I had uh, see the school board show, um, um, and that's that's a, that's that's very interesting to me. It, it sort of supports what I thought would be the case uh, with school boards. Uh, they touch a lot of people's nerves. So uh, our discussion about uh, Mr. and Mrs. Burton and uh, all that uh, uh, Shell Elementary thing has been seen so far by about 4,000 people. So um, that, that's interesting because, you know, <laughs> the state attorney, whenever I uh, covered the task force thing uh, with the relationship of the sheriff to the, uh, uh, it got back to me that the state attorney, who was one of my students at Santa Fe, said, well, I don't really care what Ward and his two little listeners think. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that back at him when I see him next. Um, uh, and Tim Martin is texting me on sideline here and saying 860 people last night were watching the school board meeting. So I can tell you that you guys care what goes on in your school system. This is a class we're having now. As you know, I always conduct it as a class. I have been a professor. I want to learn. I want to learn from you. And I want to thank the research team for teaching me. I knew nothing about the Shell Elementary. I knew I do not know Mr. and Mrs. Burton. I did not know Prescott Giles. He appeared, uh, Coles, whatever his name, he appeared at the microphone last night. I uh, didn't know any of these people, really. Uh, but the research team said, Ward, you got to bring this out to the public. You got, you got to share this with the public and get them involved because this is really serious. And so uh, I, I offer that to, to the rest of you. When you have issues, uh, we'll take a look at them and uh, uh, we'll, we'll study them and uh, you can you always uh, know how to reach us and uh, get information to us. So um, I'm excited this afternoon because Kelly uh, Ray Finley has been made the uh, head basketball coach, has a five-year contract with the uh, University of Florida as the head ladies basketball coach. And um, uh, thank you, Catherine Linton-Smith. Uh, White's uh, Scott Burton's a very definition of a stand-up gentleman. That's all I've heard about him and I haven't heard anything uh, either that's not uh, uh, um, uh, radical about Donna Jones. So um, um, thank you very much on the live chat here for keeping me informed on that. Um, it's um, always helpful to see your remarks. I, I try to look, I'm running a little bit behind you all the time because of the delay we have. But um, uh, yeah, Kelly Ray Finley is uh, uh, going to play at three o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to try to catch that on the, on the TV. It's in the SEC tournament. And I hope to have her on the show sometime because I think she's done a wonderful job teaching. And that's what it's all about, is teaching, for me anyway. Um, thank you, great show, um, Plantation Mark. Um, um, he says if it got any better, he'd have to drink a beer. I think he might have already popped a cold one. I don't know. Plantation Mark is a tremendous supporter of this show. Uh, I don't want to, you know, go public with what all he does, but he is really uh, uh, donates a lot to keep us going. We have to now pay, of course, Venmo to go out there. Um, um, lots of expenses we have behind the scenes that we, we don't share with you publicly. But um, uh, And there are always people trying to ride herd on us, trying to shut us down. So um, uh, we're kind of careful. You hear me use the word beep every once in a while. Uh, it's because the word I would normally use would be picked up by the social network platforms and they would, they, they would shut us down for that word. Uh, it's just it's the world we live in. So I want to thank everybody for uh, keeping me informed and keeping me on, uh, 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 you know, with good, good, good information. And I hope I'm providing a, a good um, uh, stream of, of conversation for you that helps you uh, know what's going on locally. And we're going to try to run these city commission candidates by you and let you get to know them. Uh, and we have an election in the city of Alachua. Um, there's a gentleman there named Ed Potts. I want to uh, uh, try to get on the air, whom I think a lot of, but um uh, we'll, and we're going to be working out an arrangement where we will be uh, talking with Kat Kamek two times a month, starting on March 9th from 9 to 9.30. Uh, and then two weeks afterwards, we'll do it twice a month. 
and uh, we'll have um, uh, we'll have production advertise that for you and make sure you understand that's coming. That's going to be starting on March 9th, and then two weeks later, take care to take place again. So um, thank you very much, and uh, we hope you have a great day. Um, I'm pulling for Kelly Ray today and her team. So uh, Warthog Command Center out.